0: What's going on, Transformation Church? Natalie and I wanted to tell you from our family to yours, happy resurrection. Happy res. Why do you continue to abbreviate everything? I like it. That's just a new thing she's doing. But we just (laughs) wanted to let you know that we are praying for you. Yeah, we want to thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for sharing and liking and being on Instagram and And watching watching your crazy lives and all that other stuff. Tithing, giving. Yeah, man, so consistent. And you've been consistent. And we are just getting started. Because of your faithfulness, because of what God's doing in this moment, we are strengthening this movement. And we just want to let you know that your best days are right in front of you stay plugged in, stay planted, where you are faithful, God will make you fruitful. And we believe that this is just going to be a testimony of God's faithfulness through the pandemic. With everybody else stressing and worrying, we know that God is going to protect us. And today, I want to preach a message to you that tells you what to do when you're in the middle. I know some of y'all are feeling very stressed out and very um, um, just unsure of what's to come. But I know that our God has a plan for all of this. So I want you to enjoy this message. We love you and we cannot wait to see you and hug you again, all right? Peace. Resurrection, I said happy Resurrection Sunday. Hey, I am so excited for what God is about to do for everybody that is watching. They just told me there's over 50,000 people right now just on one platform watching. There are families gathered right now. There are people in hospitals. There are first responders. There are people right now that are watching alone and people watching with a group of people. I want to say welcome to the biggest church service you've ever been to in your entire life. The kingdom of God is an expanding And I know this is a completely different way of doing this amazing moment of Easter, but I want to let you know that God uses everything. He's the only one that tells you that I'll take all the mess ups. I'll take all the mistakes. I'll take all the inconveniences and I'll turn them into a masterpiece. So today, as you are watching here with your family, I'm gassed up because this is the Super Bowl of our Christian faith, where we celebrate not just the death, not just the burial, but the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. I dare somebody to say he lives. Come on of your mouth just say he lives I'm looking at y'all right now in the chat come on somebody say he lives and that's why we celebrate today and I'm so grateful if you're wondering who is this black dude with a purple Barney suit on this is called purple rain Um, with this suit on yelling at me it's a dude who was broken lost jacked up addicted to all kinds of things and because of what I'm about to tell you about today the love of Jesus It transformed my life. And today, with everything that's in me, with every fiber that I have going through technology, I'm about to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to act like I'm going to preach something else and come with a, a nice little hook at the end. No, 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 no. Today, my whole goal, I don't care what you did last night, what you did today, what you're planning on doing tomorrow. My whole goal is in this moment that you would find the cure for everything that humanity has been looking for. And his name is Jesus. And today I, I, I'm, I feel the presence of God because I'm in a big room by myself preaching to you. But that's how intentional God is. He cares about the details of your life. And today I'm just grateful that you gave us an opportunity to present the truth to you. I love you. Because there's somebody that's right here right now that's just like, I don't feel comfortable. I want you to know I love you and God loves you. And right now, God's coming to turn situations around. People who have lost jobs this week, God's coming to turn those situations around. People that have been hurting and needing hope. I'm telling you right now that God is coming to turn that situation around. Somebody just say, God's turning it around. Come on, say it one more time. God's turning it around. And today, I'm about to show you how to get, out of the place and the spot that you've been in. And for all of us, the spot and the place is not the same. But the God who's with us in that spot and the place is the same. And today, I want us to figure out what we do in the middle. See, because the truth is, this is one of the craziest moments in human history, if we be honest. This doesn't um account for what happened at the cross, but outside of the cross, I think this may be the craziest moment in church history that there is nobody meeting in buildings today. And God has shut down everything to bring a word to you in the place where you're most comfortable. He, he, wherever you're most comfortable, you're at that place right now. And he's trying to open your heart, whether it's in your home, whether it's in your bed. He is opening your heart right now. And he said, can I tell you a message in the most comfortable place you've ever heard it? And and when I think about what God wants to do today, he told me, Michael, my people, the ones who've been with me or the ones who are just coming to me or the ones that have been running from me. He said, everybody is stuck in the middle. And at this moment, as we're sitting at home right now because of COVID-19 and some of us have lost jobs and things have been maneuvering, I came to give a message of hope today that God has something specific and exact that he wants to tell you. And he wants you to get out of the place that has had you stuck. Because even in this moment right now, as we're standing in history, it doesn't feel like history because it's our reality if we talk about it, all the moments that are great in the world, it's like, oh, you are a part of history. No, 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 no. I was a part of my reality and my reality right now for many of us is not good. The reality for many of us is unsure. The reality for many of us is not knowing what's to come. But I came to tell you that God is not just standing in your reality. He's standing in eternity and he's looking down at your situation. He's looking at your pain. He's looking At your family, and he's saying, I got it. I'm Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, but I still care about you in the middle. So, today, that's the title of the message I just want to share with you for the next few minutes The Middle. Because I really believe. That if we don't take this Easter story from a perspective of a historical perspective, like all the time we look at this story, it's like, oh, yeah, that was crazy what happened in history. I want for you today to act like this is something that really happened, like it was your reality, like you were one of the disciples, like you were walking with Jesus for all of those years, and he just got crucified. And if we take it from reality, maybe we'll be able to understand some situations that can apply to our life right here in 2020 where many of us are stuck in the middle. I want you to think about walking with Jesus, giving up everything that you had, leaving your business and your family. I want you to think about being at the last supper, eating with Jesus, him actually saying, hey, this is my body, this is my blood. I want you to think about you watching Judas walk out the door and you knew he was about to do something and be a snitch, and you was like, I'll I'll run over there, I'll bust Judas in his face right now. Like, I want you to think about being there in that moment. I want you to think about when they came to get Jesus and they mocked him and then they beat him. I want you to think about having walked with him and been around and heard all the stories and seen the miracles. Not history. Come on, come into reality. Like this really happened right now. I want you to think about it. If you saw the man that you put all your time, treasure, and talent into hanging on a cross. And you thought he was going to conquer the world and he ends up dying right next to regular people. I want you to think of Easter in reality. Let's know scripture. Oh, he has risen. No, 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 no. They just lost who they thought was going to save them. And now this is where we pick up the story in John chapter 19. And I want you to see something that maybe you've never seen before. It says, now this was the place of crucifixion. And it was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before. Verse 42. And so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. That is John chapter 19. Okay. John chapter 20, the very next chapter and the very next verse, it says early Sunday morning while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found the stone had been rolled away. Hallelujah. Except hold on. The end of John 19 said it was Friday. They put him in a tomb and then it goes to John 20 and it says early Sunday morning. Okay, Friday, I'm in a tomb and you just skip to Sunday where he is resurrected? Let me put it a different way because some of you are dealing with this right now. On Friday, you're dealing with reality. You're dealing with not being able to pay your bills. You're dealing with a family who is dysfunctional. You're dealing with having being molested when you are a young child and having to grow up with anger and rage in your life. Yeah, I'm coming for real stuff right now. You're dealing with the pain of not being supported. You are in reality, but then they just skip over and they say early Sunday morning and they say it's a resurrection. What What in the world do I do with the middle? And that's what I came to talk to you about. Because many of you want to shout this morning, but you have not gotten to the place of resurrection yet. You're still stuck in the pain. You're still in the middle of the hurt. You're still in the middle of not feeling like you'll be provided for. And so many times in church, we shout about the resurrection and we cry about the reality of the death. But we don't know how to act in the middle. I'm about to preach in this place right now. Because I want to help you be able to figure out how to be able to conduct your life when you're in, everybody say, the middle. And I don't know about you, but there's some areas of my life, the pastor, the one speaking, that I'm still in the middle. But this is the thing I found out about the middle, it's the middle is not for anybody else to be able to respond to. The middle is your responsibility. Write this point down. My response is more important than the reason why, when you're in the middle. See, your response in the middle is more important then the reason why you're in the spot and many times we start complaining and get frustrated because our reality is not good and we get mad at about what happened to us what job we didn't get i didn't get it accepted into the school my family doesn't support me everybody looks at me i uh, um, through the lens of my habit and not how far i've come that's the reality of it and we can't control the reality. We can't control the reality of COVID-19. We can't. We don't know when we're going back to work, going back to school. We can't control the reality. And we are not over the resurrection. But we can do something about our response in the middle. And somebody needs to hear me say this to you. You're not helpless. You're not hopeless you can't dictate what happens to you, but you can dictate what you do with what happens to you And somebody needs to know who's in the middle right now I feel the presence of God coming in this place the person who's in the middle right now You need to make a decision. My response is more important than the reason why Because so many times the enemy tries to get us distracted and trying to figure out why it happened Why did I lose it? Why did they cheat on me? why did i lose why am i hurting like this and the enemy says yes great They're going to keep going in circles in the thing that they'll never figure out when God did not send this, but he's trying to make them in this situation and bring them to another place. And I'm encouraging you right now, no matter what you're feeling, if you're in the middle in any area of your life, in business, in relationship, in your marriage, in your heart, if you're in the middle, stop trying to figure out why you're there and start giving the right response while you're there. Romans 12 tells us if you're in the middle, you need to rejoice. In our confident hope that's in Jesus be patient in trouble that means this may last a while that means I, I know I know that the disciples really wish it would have went from putting him in the tomb why didn't they just go straight to Sunday why did Saturday have to be there why did why did I have to go through those 24 hours of not knowing what was going to happen because there is a deepening of your faith in the part of your life where you are not in control. I just said a mouthful right now. You're going to grow more in the middle. You're going to love more in the middle. You're going to become who God created you to be in the middle. But you have to go through the suffering of Saturday if you're going to see the resurrection on Sunday. And so many of us don't want to face the reality. So we try to over Saturday and God's saying right now I don't know who you are but you may have to go to counseling you may have to be patient in this thing maybe in this season it's going to take something that you never thought you would have to do to be who God's created you to be rejoice in our confident hope which is Jesus be patient in trouble and keep on praying That's the right response, Pastor Mike. Good. That's the churchy thing I'm supposed to do. Well, how do I really respond in the middle? Well, this is the thing I I, I figured out about our response. When we're scared, when we're fearful, when we're hurting. How we respond in the middle shows what we actually worry about. And the thing that I'm concerned with, with everybody who's watching right now, is a lot of us are dealing with worries we're not talking about. A lot of us are silently suffering. Ah. I, I know there's tons of people. I can feel you right now. You're pulling on me right now. And I'm telling you, you've been silently suffering with thoughts of suicide. You've been silently suffering with thoughts of inferiority. You've been silently suffering with hurt and pain. And God's saying is, I don't want you to worry about that anymore. I, I, I did something for you that, that that would take away that worry. You just got to believe in me. I didn't come so that you could have worry and have worry more abundantly. The Bible says, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly somebody needs to put in the chat i will have life oh i feel that thing in the middle even when it looks like it's dead even when the tomb has been put in somebody shout i will have life when your reality has not met up with the resurrection you still have to speak life while it's in the tomb Some of y'all's businesses seem like they're in the tomb some of your relationships seem like they're in the tomb Some of the relationships between a father and a son and a daughter and the mother seem like they're they're over But God said I need you to speak life while it looks like it's in the tomb And that's why Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 it says that's why I tell you not to worry, this is Jesus talking. Don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink isn't that applicable right now during Corona. Don't worry about if you have enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and drink and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. He gave us an eternal sermon illustration. Like today, if you're in a place that's not raining, I want you to go outside and I want you to listen for birds and I want you to see that God's telling you that no matter what you're going through, I'm still providing for inanimate animals in the middle of this epidemic and this pandemic. And you don't think I would provide for you and your family and your heart. Look at it. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. It says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store up foods in barns. They don't have 401ks. They don't have retirement plans. And he says, and they don't plant or harvest or store foods, and your heavenly father feeds them. Come on. I'm coming to tell somebody all the things you've been worrying about in the middle. God saying, I got that. I'll take care of that. If you would just trust me and put your hope in me, I will take care of you in the middle. He says, and by the way, aren't you more valuable? To him than they are I came to tell you that God cares about you more than he cares about the birds out there and the flowers on the ground he cares about you even if you're in the middle I feel the presence of God right now somebody's heart is coming back alive right now somebody's faith is being changed in this moment God is saying and why he said can um, all your worries listen to this add a single moment to your life what I'm What I'm a little afraid of is that the worry is actually depleting you of the life that you do have. Instead of you giving God the worry and living the life that you do have. He says, you can't add no time to your life, he said, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies. He gave us another example. He said, the lilies of the field and how they grow, they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory or Beyonce and Jay-Z in all their glory or Kim and Kanye in all of their glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown away in a fire tomorrow. He will certainly care about you. The right response in the middle has to be anchored in who cares for you. I came to tell you that if you felt like nobody's cared for you, if you're in the middle thinking that you got to figure it all out by yourself to prove yourself that you're a real man or a real woman or you're a boss or you're an independent woman, God says, will you lay all those burdens down and give it to me? Because the only anchor you're going to have in the middle is that I care for you. That I was thinking about you when you wasn't thinking about me. That I've made plans and ordered your steps. And God's saying, I care for you. And some of y'all are saying, that's great, Pastor Mike. But how do I really apply that in the middle? I am so glad you asked. I like breaking things down to understand them so we can get patterns. So I want to introduce to you something that I call the method of the middle. Because if you get the method of the middle then you'll be able to manage in the middle and what I found no matter if you're a CEO or you're you're somebody that's living on the street or in government assistance or you're somebody who's had a lot or somebody who lives with a little no matter what you're going through right now the middle still has the same things happening in it let me, let me prove it to you so everybody's middle and everybody's life starts with their reality So right now, many of us are dealing with the reality that we don't like. And can I just say to you that for every person who is struggling and you clicked on to this live feed as a last attempt to trust God. I have not slept most of this entire week listening to God for each one of the people who would tune into this message. Because God is so concerned about you. He cares so much. That's why I'm up here sweating in a purple suit with a turtleneck on in the springtime. He cares about you. And listen, whatever your reality is, you got to understand what comes after your reality. Because anytime you have a reality, then you get presented with a dilemma. And when you get in a dilemma, this is where it's very important that you make sure that you are listening to the right things. Because in the middle, when you get in a dilemma, that's where the enemy tries to come in and he tries to present deception. This is what happened all the way back in the garden with Adam and Eve. Remember, they were in the garden in a perfect place and all they had was a dilemma. That that honestly was protection for them, but they saw it with the wrong perspective. And when God was saying, don't eat from this one tree, they said, why would God not let us eat from that one tree? And it became a dilemma when it was actually protection. And that's when the enemy came in with deception. Did God really say you were going to do that? Did God really say your marriage was going to last? Did God really say nobody really cares about you? You're too fat. You're too young. You're too this. You're too that. And when you listen to the enemy's deception, when you're in a dilemma, it will make you make the wrong decisions. And this is what happens in everybody's middle. It starts with something that, that is reality to you. And, and, and it's real, and it hurts, and it's frustrating. And then it turns into a dilemma that turns into deception that turns into you making a decision. Now, I don't know about you. I'm going to tell on myself. But if you are out there and you're watching this and you've made some bad decisions, could you raise a hand right now? Come on right now. If you made bad decisions, I need you to raise your hand right now. Come on in the chat. If you make, come on, somebody's raising their hands and their feet. Somebody did a herky. I see you right now. You have made a whole bunch of bad decisions. Okay. The reason why we have to know what happens in the middle is because anytime you make a decision, the next thing that comes after any decision is death. When you make a decision, something's gonna die. If you make the wrong decision, purpose dies. Dreams die relationships die. If you make the right decision, pride dies, (laughs) preference dies, your, your, your way of doing your plan dies. And whenever you make the right decision, a decision that lines up with God's word, the decision that, that, that seeks the kingdom, then God promises there will be deliverance. And, And this is what this Easter story is all about. It's about how to navigate the middle like all of these disciples. The middle had a dilemma in it. The middle had had deception in it. The middle had a decision in it. The middle had death in it. And the middle ultimately would have deliverance and there would be a resurrection. But if only can be a resurrection if I outlast the middle. And I know there's people here like Pastor Mike, that sounds great. But, but can you give me some more than that? Because I'm, I'm trying to really figure out how to make this thing happen. I love the Bible. The reason I love the Bible is because God gives us examples of real people that were around when this happened that got caught in the middle. Let's use um, Jesus' mom, Mary, for an example. Let me show you how this works. Ah! Mary, the mother of Jesus, her reality at this moment was honestly a reality That nobody else could understand because Mary's reality was her son was dead. The same way that some of our dreams have been dead. Some of our business plans have been dead. The thing that we thought we were going to do was dead and it presented a dilemma. Do you know what Mary's dilemma was? What she had to work through in the middle? Her dilemma was this went against everything that God promised her. Do y'all remember? In, 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 in the beginning of Luke, I believe it was, when when um, Mary was minding her own business and, and Jesus pop, popped up, not Jesus, but an angel, Gabriel, popped up on her and was like, hey, Mary. And she was like, what you doing in my house? And he was like, hey, I'm about to uh, let you know that you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I ain't even done it with nobody. And then he was like, yeah, this is a ma- miraculous conception. And, and And she didn't. The thing I kept thinking about is she did not ask for Jesus. She was chosen to carry this. And I don't know who this is for, but there's some people right now who are going through something in the middle that you didn't even ask for. I didn't ask to go through this. I didn't ask to, to start that business. You gave me the business. I didn't ask to be abused. I didn't ask to be hurt like that. I didn't ask for that. And what the enemy tries to do is come in in deception like he did for Mary. And this is the thing I need you to know, that when you're in the middle, the the devil was trying to convince Mary that this was the end, that God's promise wasn't going to come to pass, that her son was really dead. But I came to encourage somebody who's in the middle right now. In the middle, the promise is not void because of the pain. Somebody needs to understand that the promise is not void because the pain is real. See, if Mary would have gotten into this place of doubt right here, she would have thought what God said to her before Jesus was born was void. But I came to tell somebody today that just because we're in the middle and it looks dead, there is more to the story. If it's not over... (laughs) That means God's not done with it. That means there's more chapters to be written. And I'm telling you right now, God's trying to do a work even in the middle. I thought about it. My wife, um, she's the best person in the world that I know. And I thought about how many times you, you, you never need to make a decision in the heat of pain. And that's where people are right now. Somebody's about to close their business. Somebody's about to leave their family. Somebody's about to give up on the marriage. And and, and it's the wrong time to do that because you're still in the middle. And you've listened, you've looked at the dilemma, you've listened to the deception, and now you're about to make a wrong decision. And, and I thought about this. My wife, um, we have three beautiful kids, and we've already always talked about having um, three or four children. And one of the things that ended up happening um, is that when we went in to have our first daughter, Isabella, um, we were trying to have her naturally. And then they came in and said, Something um, cannot happen um, naturally, so we're gonna have to do a C section. And I thought about this in the moment. I was thinking about this that would have been the wrong time to bring up the promise hey babe I know you're going through the greatest pain that you've ever had right now but do you want to have some more kids See, I knew she wanted to have more kids, but her vision and her perspective was blurry because she was in the middle of pain. And some of y'all are making decisions right now in the middle of the dilemma and you've listened to the deceptions and God's saying, don't make the decision now to abort the promise that I gave you. You will produce fruit. Your family will be saved. Your business will be successful. Your life will be whole. But you cannot make the wrong decision if you've listened to the lies and the deception. And the crazy thing about Mary is that she wasn't the only one in the middle. Let me go back down here. I love this. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he was in the middle too. Yeah, yeah, Peter. Peter's reality was the only man, Jesus, who ever actually cared for him loved him and looked past all his faults and saw his needs is now dead. That's his reality. And the dilemma is, is that Peter was a classic mess up. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but your boy has messed up tons of times. Like many people that are watching right now, have you ever done something that you said that you would never do and you did it? Well, you're in good company because Peter did the same exact thing. See, Peter's dilemma, was that they were at a dinner table with Jesus and and Jesus told them what was gonna happen. He told them, and that's the beautiful thing about it. It, It's crazy that Jesus tells us in reality where we're at. He's like, hey, you're gonna make it to the resurrection. There's gonna be victory on the other side of it. You're gonna make it, but when it's real to us, somehow that's not enough to carry us in the middle. And Peter sat with Jesus, was at the Last Supper. He even cut um, um, some dude's ears off, and he was like, don't come at my God. Peter was like a gangster. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Peter stood like this and was like, what up, fool? And, like, the guards came to get Jesus, and he was like, shank, shank, and he shanked the dude, and Jesus was like, Peter, calm down. And he picked up the ear. He's like, my bad, bro. (laughs) Put it back on. Like, because Peter was always messing up, and that guy is dead, and now he has a dilemma because when he was sitting with Jesus, Jesus said, Peter, I know you ride for me, but um, when this all goes down, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus, don't even talk like that, fool. Don't even talk like that. Be You know I'm down for you. Ride or die. Ride or die.
1: And he literally
0: said, Peter, calm down. I know the beginning from the end. You're going to deny me three times. He was like, don't ever test my loyalty like that on the set, on the set. And he started see walking and everything right there. Okay. And Jesus said, we'll see. And you know what Peter's dilemma was is when they actually came and got Jesus, when he was arrested, Peter did what he said he'd never do. And I don't know if any of y'all can relate to that in the middle, but sometimes when you get desperate and sometimes when you get in the spot you never thought you would be in, and sometimes when, 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 when the, the way money was coming in is not coming in no more, and when somebody, that old girlfriend from high school starts reaching out when you and your wife are in a, a, a disagreement, oh, I'm coming to your house right now. When you're spending most of your time on Facebook and God's trying to tell you, hey, I'm trying to do something for you right now. And you do the thing that you said you would never do. See, the problem with Peter is he now, because he did it, see some Christians and some people all are like, I've never done anything. That ain't my testimony. I have messed up a million times. And what the enemy tries to do in this moment of deception is he tries to make you think that your worth is connected to your works. And I know that's how some of you feel. That's that's why some of you have never come to an actual physical location, because you know you've done some stuff that don't line up with what you really wanted to do, but you did it because you were in the middle. You were desperate. You were searching. And, and, and now people have made you feel judged. And I'm coming to tell you that the grace of God is available for you. The grace of God is here right now for every mess up, for every person who's done what they said they would never do, for every person who had the abortion, for every person that cheated on their wife, for every person. That still takes medicine to go to sleep and abuses it for every person who has lived in a sexually alternate lifestyle for every person who has lied, cheated. See, the enemy wants you to believe that there's degrees to sin. But God said, when I saw you, I saw my passion and I said I was going to take the punishment so that the enemy could not deceive you another day. I feel the presence of God that somebody has been believing. And I hear your heart beating fast and tears are flowing down some people's face right now because you have believed the lie that you're only worth it if your works are good. And Peter had to make a decision. In the middle of what he was going through, Peter had to decide, I feel this so strong, that he was going to focus on the character of Jesus and not focus on the concerns of critics and that's what you're gonna have to do in this season because some of you are about to make a decision to change your whole life in the middle of what you're doing in the middle of going the wrong direction you're about to repent, you're about to turn I feel that thing so strong that some of y'all got plans to do stuff that you know goes against the will of God for your life that you know that is gonna hurt your family and God said this is gonna be the time where you repent and all that word means is turn, somebody say turn I feel a turn in this word. somebody, your life because you clicked on this live stream because you're watching this rebroadcast. everything is about to turn. And the only way it can turn is if while you're in the middle, you focus on the character of Jesus and not the concerns of the critics. And you know, critics can be family members. Oh, Oh, you know, critics can be the very people that was in the club with you popping the bottles and doing everything else. Those will be the same people like you have changed. What's wrong with you now? Oh, you hold it, you hold. No, 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 no. What you got to understand is that at some point, you have to make a decision that lines up with the purpose God sent you to earth for and not for popularity for people. And Peter had to trust and focus his eyes on the character of Jesus and not the chattering of critics. And I just feel this so strong because somebody's about to make a decision that your whole family is not going to go with. But through your decision, through through your desire to actually... Make it out of the middle Not just exist Cause y'all know this is the enemy's plan For families and generations Some of y'all families can literally mark this This was their dilemma This was the deception This is the decision That's the death that happened This is the dilemma That's what happened to big mama That's what the decision they made And that's where death happened And it's been cycles and years And generations of the same curses Your mama was molested And now you start feeling insecurity Then you make a decision to find love In all the wrong places And then you feel death and worthless and useful and and useless. This is what I'm telling you right now. The enemy doesn't have new tricks. But right now I feel the faith of God rising up somebody and we're going to make different decisions in the middle. Somebody say I'm making a different decision in the middle. Somebody say it one more time. I'm making a different decision in the middle. Pastor Mike, why are you preaching so passionately? It's because I've had conversations with people who felt like when they make the right decision, they were gonna get ostracized. And I wanna apologize. You know, this all came to life for me. This, this year I had, no, last year actually, I had the opportunity um, to connect um, with my bro Kanye West and I got to speak at um, the Sunday service in the forum to a bunch of people. And um, when I was doing that, I was sitting there telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ in this huge arena that all these people have played in before. And they started singing this song called Hands On. And it convicted me. And I want you to look at the lyrics of this song because it's one thing to be criticized by people who don't believe and people who don't have your best interest in heart. But it is a totally different thing to be criticized and ostracized and made to feel lower or less than by people who are supposed to be Christ followers. And many of you watching right now, you've stopped messing with God because of Christians you stop doing, having anything to do with the relationship you really need in your life because you are hurt by people. And that's why next week I'm doing a series that starts called Deliver Us From People. And I believe that there's gonna be healing and I want you to come back for that because we're gonna start talking about relationships and I believe God is gonna peel back the layers of your life and you're gonna be able to get free right there in your bedroom. I feel the presence of God on that. But they started playing these songs and I wanna put some lyrics up. It said, said I'm fitting to do a gospel album. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me. Make it feel like nobody loved me. That is the deception of the enemy. To make you feel like when you make this decision, people who love God are going to think that I'm not worthy enough. And then people who don't love God is just going to think I'm weird. And this was the same thing he penned. He said, told people God was my mission. What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first one to judge me and make it feel like nobody loves me. This is what I want to do. And I want to be so sincere in this moment because I don't know if I'll ever have your attention ever again. But right now in this moment, if you have ever been hurt by somebody that wears the badge of Christian, Christ follower, pastor, preacher, um, somebody who knows the Bible, if you've ever been hurt by them or you've been criticized by them, I want to apologize to you. On behalf of every person who hurt you, and this is from my heart because that hurt has kept you, kept you away from healing. And today I feel the Spirit of God coming to your home and coming to your life. And some of you have just thought, oh, they just want me for my money. Or this is, listen, anybody has, who has misused power or manipulated or done anything to, to make you feel like God is not who he is and his character is good and his character is love and his character is for you, I want to say I'm sorry. Because that is not the character of our God. The character of our God is found in the scriptures when it talks to us in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is. Um, oh, no, let's just go John three sixteen. Let me make it very plain. Let me make it the most famous scripture. For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody knows verse 16, but the character of God is revealed in verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he came to save the world through him. And if you have been held down because of anybody's criticism, right now I want to ask you could you please just focus on the character of Jesus? And the reason why this is so real to me is because Michael has a middle too. I'm not just talking about old Bible characters. But right now... In this moment, I am dealing with the reality that hits my heart to the core. Some of you may not know this, but I'm going to go ahead and be hot, humble, open, and transparent, and be a real um, man up here that happens to be a pastor. And I'm going to tell you that me and my wife right now, we have a son that has minimal verbal skills. He is four years old and he has autism. And every day I wake up and my son cannot verbally tell me what he wants to eat or what he wants to drink or what he wants to do. There's something in my heart that begins to penetrate. MJ is my namesake. I'm getting emotional right now.